Hello, and welcome back to So Below, Healing Trauma with Respect to Our Duality. I'm Kat, and I'm your host. And last episode, you know, I put it all out there. I shared my darkest moment with everyone. I exposed myself. (laughs) I was happy slappy in a trench coat. I think I'm funny, and you'll soon find that I'm my own target audience. We might as well get that out of the way real quick. And the reason I emotionally flashed you is because I genuinely want to help people. You know, growing up, I was the oldest girl of nine kids. I have an older brother and I have seven younger brothers and sisters. And I babysat everyone in the neighborhood, so I'd blanket approval to punish everybody, you know, within reason. I've had a baby on my hip since I was a baby. I have two children of my own. I have nieces and nephews who I love so much. And I honestly am the type of person that wants to take care of the world and That's a big part of the reason why I'm here is because I can stand up for anybody but myself. And there was a long time where I didn't know how to stand up for myself. I could in certain situations, but when it came to specifically romantic partners, there was something about me that turned into this submissive shell of myself and I wasn't able to speak my truth. I wasn't able to stand up for myself to say something when I felt like a boundary was crossed. I didn't know how to express my emotions and talk about who I was and you know I didn't know how to do anything when it came to communication. When it came to standing up for myself. I was stellar at it for my kids, stellar at it for my siblings. I could do it for my parents. I could do it for anybody else. But for some reason, I could never stand up for myself. And that's really one of the biggest reasons why I got into some of the bullshit that I've gotten into in my life. You know, and growing up super religious, we grew up Mormon. You know, my parents did an amazing job teaching us to search, ponder, and pray. And I became really good at seeking outward approval, seeking out comfort from God, seeking answers from the Bible or the Book of Mormon, or seeking, you know, validation from the Holy Spirit, which taught me, you know, I guess the way that I learned it was not to trust my own intuition, but that I had to look for something else to give me that approval. And I think that's one of the reasons why I have a hard time standing up for myself is because I I never really learned to trust myself. I never learned to listen to that intuition. And that's one of the biggest problems that we have is that we're constantly getting these conflicting messages in the world. Our world is surrounded by conflicting messages. We've got one religion saying this and one religion saying that, and they're saying this guy's wrong and everybody's saying they're wrong. And here in America, we are heavily polarized on every single major issue. We can't agree on shit. And... Yet we're supposed to know what's good and what's bad, but we have a million people telling us, no, they're right, and I'm right, and you're wrong. And we have messages coming from everywhere, and it's so hard to learn to silence all of those other voices and find your own voice. And that's really the part of this experience that I really want to help you do, because the fastest way to heal is through introspection silencing all those other voices, removing the external factors, taking the knowledge that you learn and storing at a bank, but becoming a passive observer. 
And that's exactly what I'm trying to accomplish here. And so this episode and the next couple of episodes, I'm going to lay out the work that you have to do. But again, this is a day-to-day basis thing. It's something that you have to consciously do with every thought. You have to put it through a filter. We're going to learn to rethink the way we look at everything in this world. We're going to take things and flip them upside down and look at them from different angles. I'm going to shake shit up because I saw the other side and I know what's there. And we have all of these people out there saying, no, you're, this is how to get to heaven. And this is how to get to heaven. And this is how to get to heaven. And all of these religions, they all have so much right, but they also all have so much wrong. Spirituality is a big esoteric game of bingo doesn't matter how you get bingo. You just have to get bingo to get to the good place, right? And in this instance, the good place is healing. The good place is enjoying your life, being happy, not being strapped down with the weight of what happened to you. So the whole point of this podcast is to help you silence all the other voices so you can find the bingo that works for you best. And you know, that's why healing is such a unique process because each person is gonna feel their intuition. That's the whole point. We're gonna take out everybody else's voice. I'm not gonna tell you how to live your life. I'm not gonna tell you what to believe. I'm gonna tell you how to listen to your own voice in your own head so that you can tell yourself what to believe because our souls know what we need to heal. Our souls know what they need. We just have to take the time to listen to them and we've spent our entire lives being told not to listen to ourselves, but to listen to every other voice around us. So we're going to start with that concept that we introduced in the first episode when I discussed a seed. We talked about the way that you plant the seed and you nurture it. We're going to refer to ourselves as plants. Every plant is different. They have different watering specifications. They need different amounts of sunlight. They grow in different areas. Plants are picky. They're unique, just like us. And so we're going to use the analogy of plants, you know, to, to discuss how we're going to work through the healing process so that we can learn to listen to our own intuition. And that's literally the only part I'm going to try to tell you what to do. Everything else is going to be more opinions and discussions and thought processes. And I want to have an open forum. Um, But the only real instruction I'm going to give is instruction on how to look inward. This episode, we're going to talk about the first element that we need to, to grow. And that's sunshine. That's light. It's truth. This is the hardest one. There is nothing harder than looking at yourself with the magnifying glass of truth. There's nothing harder than peeling back the layers, looking at all the dark little crevices, all the things that we've hidden from ourselves, recognizing where we've lied to ourselves along the way. Because in recognizing where we've lied to ourselves, inadvertently we recognize where we have overlooked things from the people that we love and it exposes things that we don't like in the people around us. It exposes everything and it hurts. It's heartbreaking. Again, it's destructive before you can rebuild. But that deconstruction process reveals the wizard behind the curtain. We find that the biggest sense of betrayal we found is from ourselves. 
because we lied to ourselves into believing the other person. We put the facade in front of our own face. We convinced ourselves it was true. For example, if you've been cheated on, you feel this huge betrayal because you have this expectation of a life with that person. And you build this image up in your head and you realize that image was never real because that other person wasn't being real. But when you can take it into perspective and say, now that I know the things that I know, but I still want that future with that person. And the answer is no, you wouldn't. Because the person you thought they were didn't exist. You were in love with a fictional character. I mean, I do a lot of reading, so I've, I've been there. I've done my fair share. Made it easier to fall in love with the fictional character in real life. But it's still fiction. And we need fact. Now, in going back to the analogy of plants, it's important to paint a realistic expectation of what you should expect from your plant. You might have a cactus. And that cactus speaking their truth might be blowing the world up with them and telling everybody what happened. I mean, look at the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. That's a fucking cactus right there. But then, you know, you have an orchid. And if you've ever had one of those finicky bitches in your house, they are so hard to keep alive. They have to have just the right amount of indirect sunlight and just the right temperature and just the right amount of of water and just this and just that. And they're so finicky. Usually my house is where orchids go to die because they are so hard to take care of. Some people have to protect themselves like an orchid, but some people can be a cactus. It's up to you to figure out which kind of plant you are and what kind of care you need. And one isn't better than the other just because it takes more work to nurture your flower doesn't mean that you're not worth the work. I mean, you look at a cactus and they have their beauty. They can stand there in the hot sun and they're sharp and prickly. And if they don't want anything on them, it's not getting there without a fight at least. But they're also full of life-giving water. You look at an orchid and it's stunningly beautiful. It's living art. Each one has its purpose. But when it comes to trauma, speaking your truth means telling the truth, telling somebody. You might not be the person who goes and tells the entire world. You might be the person who goes to therapy 30 years after something happened and you talk to your therapist and you work it out on your own. You might be the person who immediately runs and gets all the media attention and tells everybody what happened and stops a predator. You might be that person. You never know which person you're going to be until you're in that situation. And when you're in that situation, you have to remember to approach yourself with the most amount of kindness that you possibly can. And to do that, I want to practice something with you. I want you to picture an exercise with me. When you have time, I want you to sit down and take a piece of paper and write your name at the top of that paper. On that paper, I want you to list everything you don't like about yourself, everything that you hate about yourself, everything you think you've ever done to be deserving of crap that you've been through. Write down every single thing you can possibly think of. And when you're finished with your list, cross that name off the top and write the name of the person you love most. And if you wouldn't say any of those things, 
to that person. Don't you dare say them to yourself. Instead, go through and analyze those things and ask yourself, whose voice is that? So many times when trauma happens, there's a shame transference. The shame of the other person is transferred onto you, especially when it's a loved one. In my case, with physical abuse, he shamed me into silence. It was my fault that it happened, so I have to be quiet. I had to protect his reputation because his whole life would come to an end if I told he would go to jail. He would spend the rest of his life in prison or he would have something bad happen to him. Suddenly, it's my job to protect him because, you know, I had to remember everything that he's been through. But that's not true. That shame transference comes to us and because we've been told to take everybody's external voice and we've been told to accept it, especially when it comes to someone we love, especially when it's someone we trust, especially when it's somebody who has some kind of power over you, you don't owe them your silence. You don't owe them your loyalty. If they didn't want somebody to see something shameful that they did, they should not have done it. Their shame is their problem, not yours. What does become your problem is the fallout of what happens afterwards. Because a lot of times, people will side with the abuser a lot of times people will try to tell you to take the high road and be the bigger person. People won't believe you. They won't listen. This is that beautiful devastation I was talking about that comes from shining lights on the snakes in our grass. And to tell you the truth, I'd rather burn a fat bowl of the devil's lettuce than a bridge. But if I have to, I enjoy playing with fire. You have to keep your circle small and surround yourself with people that you trust. And as you speak your truth and raise your vibration, that circle will reveal itself to you. This is why it is so painful to speak our truth because so many times we get attacked for it. So many times we have somebody coming after us. I remember when I had an experience with a police officer, a few months after everything happened with my ex, his next girl that he was with had kicked him out and she found a check that he had forged of mine and reached out to me. And she and I talked and I told her what happened. And he started threatening me. So when I called to report what happened, the police officer, he shamed me. And he said to me, oh, what? So now he's moved on to somebody else and you're jealous, so you want to press charges now? And I said, no, now he's threatening me. I found out that he forged a check. So yeah, it's only a $200 check, but it is from the IRS and he forged my signature on it. And it's the principal. It's not, oh, I'm mad because he moved on. I was upset because he kept doing things to me. And again, this cop victimized me. He was the reason women have a hard time going to the police officers. He's the reason people have a hard time trusting the police. That was one of those experiences where I was like, dude, protect and serve my ass. Are you kidding me? But if I'm being completely honest and objective, I can kind of understand where he was coming from and why he was skeptical because, you know, my story did change. I did believe that I had tried to kill myself in the beginning. I thought that was something that I had done, even though I didn't fit the profile. I don't remember wanting to ever do that. That's not something I would have done. My children are the most important things in the world to me, and that's not how I would have handled it. And 
you know, I believed it. And I remember saying, well, I guess this is what happened. I don't remember why. I guess this is what happened. And so I never gave a full report because I didn't want to give a report of something that I didn't remember fully. I didn't want to write something down that was incorrect. I didn't want to put a report on paper saying this happened to me when I couldn't be sure 100% that happened to me because it didn't feel right to me and it didn't ring true. And it wasn't until someone walked into my work four months after the incident smelling just like my ex that everything came flooding back to me. And that's where being a passive participant in my life allows me to look at that objectively and say, yeah, I didn't make that report. And so the officer has to look at it and say, I have to be able to prove something beyond a shadow of a doubt. I have to make sure that this is that way. And so I can give my forgiveness in that situation. I can understand where he's coming from in that situation because, yeah, if I let my emotions take the wheel, fuck that guy. How dare he blame me like that? How dare he victimize me like that? But was he really victimizing me or was he trying to get to the bottom of it? That's where being true to yourself is really important because, again, yeah, that cop asked me that question, but if I was on the witness stand, if I have to testify in court, my testimony has to be credible. I have to be a credible witness so I can understand where he's coming from. So again, being true to yourself is being a credible witness, even to yourself. Looking at things from your perspective, looking at it from other people's perspective, looking at it from the outside. There are three sides to every story, your side, the other person's side, and the truth. And it's important that you look at all of the perspectives equally instead of only seeing things from your point of view only looking at things from your truth. If you can look at it as a whole picture, you can find a truth that is actually going to help heal you. Because again, I was so angry about that cop, but it wasn't until I looked at it objectively and said, you know, he was doing his job. He was doing what he was supposed to do. He was trying to find a way that he could make a case against this guy. And you know what? The, the a lawyer on the other side of the bench, he wasn't going to go easy on me. He's not going to treat me with kindness. He's not going to be over there and hold my hand through it. He's going to come after my throat. Do I wish the officer had shown me more sensitivity? Yes, but it didn't happen. Can I forgive him? Can I forget? Can I move on? Yes. It's not worth my energy to focus on what he did. It's not, my, it's not worth my energy to be angry anymore, especially considering he's already forgotten about it. It's not bothering him at all. I'm the only one hurting by that anger. And I can take it one step further and I can look at it through eyes of empathy. Maybe that guy's a dick because cops deal with the worst of us all the time. And maybe in his eyes, he wasn't being a dick because he's used to being skeptical because he's used to being lied to constantly. You can't be on the front lines of the worst of the worst of what happens to us all day, every single day and not expect it to rub off on a person in some way. And me looking at him with empathy isn't letting him off the hook. His actions are his actions, but it's letting me off the hook. It's letting me understand that my humanity is intact because I can look at the whole person and say, maybe this situation, I caught him on a bad day. Maybe he just had some other woman that was lying to him about something else to get out of something and and he had had some other situation going on and that I have no idea what was going on in his day, but I can look at the whole person and understand that there is a villain and a victim and a horror story in, around every corner. 
And each person is more than that moment that they're in your life. So you have to be able to see them with eyes of humanity. And that's letting yourself off the hook. That shows you who you are. I don't want to stop being the person who sees the best in everybody just because somebody else fucked up. I don't want to be the person who loses my humanity because other people hurt me. I still want to see the best in people. I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. I want to give them the opportunity to raise their own vibration by trusting them. And the only way that I can do that with any kind of hope to avoid future trauma is by learning to trust myself so that I can see the human in someone while my intuition sees the wrong that they want to do to me. My intuition can feel their vibration and energy. I just need to learn to trust my intuition. So in this situation, seeing things from that point of view, I was able to let go of it. I was able to heal from it. I'm not upset about it anymore. It doesn't bother me. Now, if he came after me and was actually literally blaming me and not believing me and victim shaming me, that'd be a completely different story, but that's not how it was. But I could have held on to it that way and I could have let it made me, make me super bitter and I could have let that anger and hatred boil up inside of me and that's toxic and it's unnecessary. But by objectively looking at it, I was able to see it, analyze it, feel it, release it, and now it no longer bothers me. Outside of the legal perspective, when it came to my family, it wasn't until I was in the hospital with my uh, brother and my dad and my mom, and they came and visited me. And, um, you know, we were talking, it was right before I was released, and they were asking me what happened. And I was still trying to hold to the story, and I was still trying to, like, hold on to what I, I remembered because I couldn't remember a lot of what had happened and I, you know, was trying to just play it off like, oh, you know, I, you know, I fell. And finally, my, my brother, he shows me the text messages in between him and my ex where my ex hadn't even asked if I was okay. He had not asked if I lived. He didn't seem to care. The only thing that he was asking my brother about was how he was going to pay bills without access to my bank account. And... It's not like I was paying all of his bills all the time, but towards the end, you know, I was paying a big portion of his bills. I was paying his car insurance and I, you know, I made his last couple car payments and I was helping him out where I could. And that's all he cared about. That's the only part he was worried about. He didn't ask about me at all. And it was in seeing those text messages, I looked at them and I said, he's been hitting me. And it was the first time I had said those words out loud. And it felt like a rush of serotonin. I felt free, finally. And the more I've spoken about it, the easier it's come. Tears don't come anymore. I talk about it like it's a normal thing. It's a normal part of my life because it is. It's a huge part of my life. But it's part of who I am now, and so I'm not going to hide it from the world. I do talk about it freely. And it doesn't hurt me anymore. Hell, I make dark jokes about it all the time. But it's in speaking your truth that it becomes easier to deal with. Now it's not this big, looming, dark secret in the back of my mind. It's not me hiding something while it eats away at me. The more I speak it, the more I take power from it. The power from the situation is mine because I have the truth. What makes me dangerous in the situation is my truth. 
That's what makes you powerful is your truth, speaking your truth, knowing your truth, learning your truth, accepting it, getting to the bottom of who you are as a person. And again, it's a lonely process that will cost you people around you, but it's not actually costing you anything because anyone who doesn't belong in your life shouldn't be in your life. They'll hold you back from your progression. You have the opportunity here to grow and turn into somebody brand new. You know, it's like a butterfly. When they go into their cocoon, a little caterpillar, they're alone. But while they're in there, they grow wings. We need to become butterflies. We need to learn to grow. We need to dig our roots down deep. Get to the dirt. Get to the nutrients at the bottom so that we can rise all the way to the top. You know, and it's a scary process. Be afraid, but do it anyways. And I promise you, the more you speak your truth, it will get easier. I promise you, the more you listen to your own intuition, the louder that voice will get. You'll start to speak to yourself. You'll start to understand yourself. Your intuition will come naturally. You'll follow it without thinking. And as you build that intuitive relationship with yourself, you start to vibrate at a higher frequency. And the people and things around you that don't vibrate on that frequency will start to fall away. Your life will start to get uncomfortable. That's when it's time to start making moves. But that's also when you'll start attracting things on that higher frequency as well. And you'll start attracting the life that you were meant to have. But we can't just go blindly into the great unknown. And that's what our souls are. It's uncharted territory. We have to have a survival plan. We have to have gear. We have to have equipment. And that's what I'm hoping to give you in the next couple of episodes. And that's the tools necessary to create our own thrival guide. We already know how to survive. We're doing it. But we need to rewrite our emotional maps. Redefining the way we deal with our reactive emotions, such as anger and anxiety. You have to make time to plan for adventure. That's what makes life so amazing. All of it, the good, bad, and ugly. Every single part, every shade of gray, all of it has beauty. The secret is finding it in yourself. And to do that, you have to speak your truth. You have to be authentic. And you have to be the most human version of yourself. I promise the truth will set you free.